everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to everybody watching on YouTube. Welcome back to everyone downloading the stream on a streaming service. We're glad to have you back. Hello, Negs. Hello, my darling. And I'd like to add, if you'd like to easy access to the podcast, go to theatticpodcast.com. Great. Yep, we have a website, so um, the podcast will be available there, more information, et cetera, et cetera. So it's good to see everybody. And today we have got a really, really hot, top, hot, not heart, hot topic, very, very close to my heart. And I know that Negs is extremely interested in it as well. So what do you say, Negs? Yeah, I'm ready to, to dig into this one. And the governor of my adopted state and Negs's native state, Indiana, um, was recently involved in this issue because a bill came up to ban uh, transgender women from com or girls actually from competing in sports against women and girls mm -hmm. and the governor vetoed it and the reason that he gave was very odd he said that he didn't see a need for a law to uh, solve a non-existent problem now, he was overridden by the General Assembly of Indiana. Right. Um, but it was it, it kind of left me scratching my head next. Yeah, I because the, there was a time he, he decided to give us constitutional carry. And then in the same breath, he said he wasn't going to ban males and female athletics. And being as we are a very red state, very conservative, we were all scratching our heads <laughs> like, OK, so um, I don't know what Eric Eric's motivation is. I'm sure he's got constituents and, and whatnot that he's trying to please. Well, see, this is the thing. I could not understand which constituency he was trying to appease. And the only thing that I can come up with, the only reason that I can come up with this is because he was terribly afraid of the, of the state get, getting uh, inundated with lawsuits from the ACLU and other groups. Oh boy, that 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 bakery lawsuit must have really scared him. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I wanted to give a little bit of background, okay? In order to understand where we are now, you have to go back a few decades and understand Title IX. Uh, Title IX um, is a federal civil rights law that was passed in 72 that prohibits sex-based discrimination in any school or any other educational program that receives funding from the federal government. That is a very, very basic synopsis of what Title IX is. Now, what Title IX's passage resulted in was a huge, huge uptick in female participation in sports. Now, in the 2010s, the Obama administration decided to expand Title IX rights. And Title IX expansion is actually an amazing and very intricate topic that I plan to address on my YouTube channel, DC Media Girl, because there are a lot of elements that go beyond college athletics. Um, but a lot of the changes that were implemented by the Obama administration were reversed by Trump, and then the Biden administration came in. So this, this business of men and males competing against women in college sports has been a political football for over a decade now. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, the regulation of this phenomenon has been pretty inconsistent across the board. Now, um, it is no secret that 
uh, there are people who are put on this earth who have certain advantages over others when it comes to athletics. Absolutely. Right. So, for example, um, this is a very stupid, trivial example. But when I first started uh, at Brown, I wanted to row crew. And I went to the tryouts and the coach took one look at me and said no. And he said, we can make you the coxswain, uh, which was not appealing. The thought of getting up at five o'clock in the morning to sit in the front of a boat and freezing cold weather, shouting stroke, stroke, stroke was not really what I had in mind. But then I took a look at the girls who were on the crew team and they were all extremely tall with very long arms and very long legs. That is a physical advantage that you have to have in order to be a great, great rower. Wait, wait, hold up real quick. Mm -hmm. They called it a coxswain. A coxswain. Okay, moving the on. The cocks, the cocks, in other, in short. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the cocks is the one who sits in the front of the boat yelling stroke. Make of that what you will, Negs. I know that you can come up with a whole routine based on that. <laughs> Give it time. Yeah, exactly. So, um, obviously, uh, chances are that if you are under a certain height, you will probably never be an elite basketball player. There are right. all kinds of physical advantages that certain people have over another. Um, one example that has been given endlessly or cited endlessly since the Leah Thomas business at UPenn is Michael Phelps. Uh, Michael Phelps, who has abnormally large feet and an incredibly long wingspan. His arms from fingertip to fingertip measure over six and a half feet in length. Um, Ian Thorpe, a great Australian swimmer, also had giant feet that could be used as paddles, which gave him also an advantage. However, when you are talking about a physical advantage and then you are talking about a gender-based advantage, those are two very, very different things. Yeah. Um, I, I've been keeping an eye on, on this little phenomena for a while now, and I, I have a lot to say about it because I was uh, – when it first caught my eye was this transgender, this trans female uh, MMA fighter. Uh, goes by oh, the Fallon, name – Fallon Fox? Yes, that, mm -hmm. that uh, gave that woman a concussion and cracked her skull. <laughs> now, um, you don't hear of, of, you know, Fallon Fox is a biological male, had been his entire life, flew over to Bangkok to have bottom surgery and breast augmentation. And they said that was good enough for him to go in and beat up on women. Mm -hmm. And then he cracked somebody's skull, fractured mm -hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And right. to me, to me, that is see, this isn't the fact that the only reason this argument exists is because the people who get offended are more apt to commit acts of violence and 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 harangue people until they get their way, like 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 pet, spoiled, petulant children. It's a it, to me, it's a delusion mm -hmm. um, when I dress up for Halloween. I don't I, I'm that character for the night, but that doesn't give me the authority of that character. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I don't dress up like George Bush and, I, you know, and like, well, I identify as George Bush, so I demand to be treated as George Bush. No, it's not true. <laughs> well, here's the thing, Nags. You have hit on a point that is very important, which is that there have been transgender women who have competed in professional sports. Uh, there's a the classic example of Dr. Renee Richards. 
uh, who got a sex change operation and then competed as a woman in women's tennis. Mm -hmm. um, Renee Richards came out not long ago or several years ago saying that she did not believe that biological men should compete with women in sport, um, which caused quite a bit of a stir. Uh, other elite athletes have come out, Martina Navratilova being a, a prime example, who have said that they do not believe that men and women should compete in certain types of sports together. Now, in the Olympics, there are sports where men and women do compete together. Mm -hmm. uh, sports like the equestrian division, for example. Um, women and men have competed against each other in skeet shooting and in other shooting competitions. But when it comes to sports that involve strength or speed, the biological differences between men and women cannot be denied. No. They cannot be denied, and especially in the case of somebody like Leah Thomas at UPenn. The problem with Leah Thomas is that the NCAA and the Olympic Committee have certain standards for allowing a man who transitions to a trans woman uh, to compete, and it's measured on testosterone level. And so the, the feeling is, well, as long as you get your testosterone level at or below a certain level, then that means that you have parity. So you can take estrogen and you can compete against women. The problem is that there is no amount of estrogen on the face of the earth that can undo the biological advantages that men have after going through puberty. Right. Um I just sent you a picture to your Discord DMs. I know this is a recorded podcast. The people listening on Spotify can't see the image. But this image has circulated. It is a trans female rugby player. And somebody legitimately commented, oh, look at the adult playing rugby with the children. They were like, mm -hmm. no, that's a grown man with grown women. Right. And this is the thing that scares me when you're talking about contact sports like MMA fighting, wrestling, uh, or indeed rugby then you are dealing with an actual clear and present danger to the women who are playing against biological men yes. in the same competition. And the Fallon Fox issue is exhibit A of how dangerous that could be. Yeah, and, and, and I keep looking at this picture and I'm like, I, 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 the, the amount of gaslighting that has went into this narrative is insane uh, because I, I don't think people understand just because the majority of people on the internet are mad about something, the, the rest of society may not even be aware of it. Uh, but this mm -hmm. is something that is, 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 look, females are losing opportunities because of, because the patriarchy put a skirt on and became emboldened. Right. That's what's happening. And, and, and it's fight the patriarchy until the patriarchy tells you what to do. <laughs> Well, this is the thing, and this was actually one of the things that shocked me about the Indiana governor vetoing um, the bill that he vetoed, which is that Indiana is a huge sports state, college sports and high school sports state. You guys gave us Bobby Knight, for God's sake. You know, and so of all the people on the earth, I think that the governor of Indiana would understand what is at stake when males take the place of females on sports teams, the, the risk of losing, well, the actual loss of college scholarships that would be going to women, the loss of endorsement opportunities that would be going to women. There is a lot of money in college sports, and there's a lot of money in sports at the elite level, including the Olympics. And to take those opportunities away from women, and I do want to point out I do want to point out that this is not happening the other way around. You do not 
see transgender men taking the place of male athletes on male sports teams. If this were anywhere near equal, then I would say, okay, well, it's a new era, it's not fair, but whatever. But it's only flowing one way. And we need to ask ourselves, why is it that it's only flowing one way? Obviously, because men have a larger heart capacity, larger lung capacity, a difference in bone density, a difference in muscle mass, a difference in the way that muscles retract and, and uh, expand. And so um, once a man has gone through puberty, you cannot reverse those advances no matter what you do. Even if the person gets surgery, no matter what happens, that man will always have an advantage over women, period. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, I have shared that picture. I know. There we go. Our, our visual audience can see. That mm -hmm. is, this is the picture that people, there's more women in the picture, the, the, the bigger picture. And it's not Photoshop. That is somebody identifies as a woman competing in a physical contact female sport. That is not a child standing to the left of them. That is a full-grown woman standing next to a full-grown biological male. That is the advantage right there in front of you. If, if what, what more do people need to see? That right. woman is going to get hurt. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well, this is the other thing, too. The, the reason that things have changed so dramatically is because the transgender matter went from... Um, very strict requirements for what it took for somebody to make that transition. Um, you had to live as your declared gender for a year. You had to go through a whole course of psychological evaluations. You had to get counseling. You had to then take the drugs and then you would qualify for surgery and getting surgery was very very difficult in the united states anyway which is why for so many years so many people chose to then uh fly to thailand to get the surgery where the where the requirements were not as strict right when we entered into the era of self-id where you could stand up and you could declare that you were a woman and that nobody was allowed to question that declaration where in many cases, the men who are making these declarations do not even bother to go on hormone treatment, don't bother living as the other gender, and don't bother getting surgery, um, then what exactly does womanhood mean? What exactly has that come down to? What that means now for many people is because we are obligated to be kind to a minority community, then that means that we have to take these men at their word, and it is costing women. It is costing mm -hmm. women, and to deny that is just to deny reality. Well, it, it is, and I don't, I don't understand it because right now I'm staring at a list of 17 trans female athletes that have shattered biological female records. These records will never be broken again because they were shattered by biological men. Right. Um, you got Leah Thomas on this list, uh, Juniper Simonis, whatever, roller derby athlete, Ren Pyle, uh, Schemo, Jamie Hunter, uh, she took the whatever snooker is, darts. I guess darts is snooker, darts would be it. Snooker is pool. Pool. Okay. Well, who cares about pool and darts? I'm talking about these. Uh, right. I'm talking about like, okay, this, let's go, let's go to this MMA fighter, Alana McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. um, debuted, made their debut MMA fight as a trans female in a female sport and did poorly, was nearly beaten by the woman, but still won the fight. And I want to show you a picture of what they were before and prior. And I want you to tell me, everybody in the, in the, in the audience, to tell me, like, how, how does this make sense? 
it doesn't make any sense to me. I was raised by women, and I've seen the 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 differences between men and women because I was raised by women. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are distinct differences, and there were also distinct roles within the houses for these genders. And it wasn't an it wasn't an insult or a, 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 or against the queer community to say otherwise. Mm-hmm. But what I see now are individuals like this man up here uh, hiding behind the LGB banner in mm-hmm. order to continue their narrative because this trans issue, it keeps getting circled back around to if you point out the trans issue, it's an attack on the LGB community. Right. It's not. It has nothing to do with gay people like this uh, Balenciaga thing. You call it out. That's an attack on the gay community. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's not it's it's we're calling this out. Look at the size of that guy. Right. And then he changed his identity, lost what? 50 pounds muscle mass. He still has all the advantages of a male. Correct. Now, I wanted to um talk a little bit about um what has happened in the past in elite swimming competitions. So in the 1970s, some of you may remember that the East German government uh became very involved in doping up female athletes to boost their performances. And in 1972, um, when the East German women's team came out to swim against the other teams, people's jaws dropped because the East German women were huge, absolutely enormous. They had hair growing on their faces and on their backs. Their voices had changed. Their muscle mass was so dramatically different from that of their competitors. but. It took a while for the Olympic Committee to catch up to the new realities of cheating and doping in the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a woman named Nancy Hogshead Makar. Nancy Hogshead Makar was an elite female athlete, a swimmer who won three gold medals and a silver um, in, I believe it was Los Angeles. in 1984. She swam during the time that the East German women were competing. She has openly admitted that if the East Germans had not boycotted the 1984 games, that she would never have been able to qualify for a medal in those competitions. And this is what she had to say. She says, girls and women shouldn't give up their hard-won sports opportunities, no matter how real the harm suffered by transgender athletes. Um, allowing transgender women to change the meaning of the women's category makes as much sense as allowing 180-pound athletes into the 120-pound weight category because larger athletes were subject to awful bullying and harassment, or allowing adults to compete against children, or only permitting impoverished nations to compete in the Olympics. Sport has been meaning Uh, I'm sorry, sport has been set up as a binary with male and female, and sport needs to adapt by adding new events and classifications rather than throwing out the meaning of girls and women's categories, rather than trying to squeeze transgender athletes into one of two categories, male or female. Sport needs to adapt, and I think that pretty much says it all, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, you got to think about this. Um, as far as doping and that st- type of stuff goes, uh, if you're not going to allow doping, then biological males shouldn't be allowed to compete in categories where they have a biological advantage because doping is a, di- is a, a bi- is, gives you a biological advantage. And being a natural-born biological man competing in a woman's sport, come on. We shouldn't even have to have this conversation, in my opinion, but Correct. here we are. I agree with you. 
Now, there's another athlete who's been brought up many, many times, um, I think, incorrectly, and I think that the analogy or bringing her up is irrelevant, and that is the South African runner, Castor Semenya. Um, Castor Semenya is an intersex individual who identifies as a woman. Um, Castor Semenya was born with XY chromosomes, and Castor Semenya was also born with internal testes, which produce a higher level of testosterone in her body than it would than than would be produced in the body of a woman without those advantages. Now she was told that in order to run at the Olympics in Tokyo that she would have to take estrogen to tamp down her uh, testosterone level and she refused. Um, if you see Castor Semenya side by side with the other female runners and you see the enormous advantage that she has in competing against other women, um, it, it makes you kind of shake your head. And mm -hmm. she has, in my view, been incorrectly grouped in with transgender athletes because, in fact, she is intersex, which is an extremely, extremely rare physical condition. But the question does remain, if, in fact, we are going to measure whether a man can compete against a woman in any kind of sport that involves speed, strength, or endurance, should testosterone be the only measure of whether or not that is a fair and equitable matchup? Um, look, it's a tough question, but unfortunately the athletic bodies have decided that it's only testosterone that matters and not, for example, the natural advantages that men have after going through puberty. So they've tried to split the baby, and nobody is happy with the decision. You're right, Zephyr. Being intersex is not the same thing. Let me bring this comment up. It's not the same thing as trans. It's incredibly rare for starters, and people often don't know they are intersex until adulthood. That is absolutely correct. Okay. I had to go get a package off the porch. I'm back. Okay. <laughs> I love when they deliver uh, electronic items in the box that they come in, you know, just telling the world, hey, look at this on the porch. Right, right, right. Of course. <laughs> so uh, you talk about measuring levels of testosterone. Right, right. That's how the sporting bodies, the Olympic Committee and the NCAA, determine whether or not a man should be eligible to compete against women in sporting events um, while denying the reality of the advantages that men have once they have gone through puberty. Yeah, no, there shouldn't even be a discussion. It's, it, should, it should be exactly, are, were you born a man? Yes, okay. So look, here, here's, here's, a, here's an easy solution for all you uh, competitive trans women. Create your own category. Mm -hmm. it, then it'll be level playing field. Then you will be, for, but then, then, then you might as well go back to men's sports at that point, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, right. seriously. Right. Now, I also wanted to point something else out, and that is that I don't think that most people would disagree. I think that it is a fairly widely accepted truth that Serena Williams is the greatest female athlete of all time. Um, nobody has been able to match her, not only in terms of wins, but just in terms of overall performance, technique, and so on. Nobody has dominated the sport of tennis like Serena Williams. And a number of years ago, Serena Williams was on the David Letterman show. And she was asked about 
a number of issues and she addressed whether or not she would be able to beat a man in a one-on-one -on -one competition. And the man in question was Andy Murray. And she said, point blank, there is no way that I would ever be able to beat Andy Murray. Andy Murray would destroy me, 6-0, maybe 6-1 or six, zero, six, six love, six love in any competition because men's and women's tennis are so dramatically different in the way that they're played, in the level of strength that's required, and so on and so forth. And there's a very amusing level uh, story uh, from the time that the, the Williams sisters were teenagers. Okay, granted, they were kids. We, we can't, you know, extrapolate too much from that. But the Williams sisters had been boasting that they would be able to beat... Um, uh, any they, they would be able to beat a man in a one-on-one -on -one competition. So a guy stepped uh, guy stepped forward. He was a sub 200 rated man named Karsten Brash. He beat each one of them decisively in one-on-one -on -one matches. This guy um, didn't even try. He had bad eyesight and his uh, training regimen included smoking multiple packs of cigarettes a day and drinking an enormous quantity of beer. <laughs> um, now, again, the, they were just kids, you know, they hadn't developed their athleticism the way they did as adults and so on. Mm -hmm. But this notion that a great female athlete can be put up against a man, even a substandard athlete, and, and win every time is simply not true. It is simply not true. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, there you go. I mean, if a chain-smoking alcoholic can do it, you know. <laughs> Just don't, hey, chain smoking alcoholics, don't get too confident now. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, play darts or pool or something. Right. Right. Or, you know, learn how to ride a horse, <laughs> you know, or how to shoot a rifle. Then we yeah. have some, we have some parody. Uh, but when, but I, I mean, it's amazing to me the way that the way that the transgender movement has evolved, um, that we are, obligated because we are supposed to be kind we are obligated to ignore biological reality um and the fact that there is so much fear right now in the discussion of this topic and there is so much unwillingness to confront reality head on that now as negs mentioned before we have women who are actually losing opportunities to men and the reason that we can apply title nine protection to these men is because they say that they are women. It is absolutely astounding. Well, it, it is because since when do, I mean, like I, I was shocked when I woke up one day and people could just say they are something. And then everybody like me, cause see, I, I'm a straight white man. I am hated for being too normal. And these, these people who created this cult came for us for calling out the delusion, mm -hmm. you know? And it's absurd. I'm like, no, this is the inmates do not get to run the asylum. And once you do that, you've lost all control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And look, I mean, I've talked on my channel before about the danger posed with these new with this new world order, if you want to call it that um, the danger that is present uh, to vulnerable female populations. And this is an issue that has gotten very, I think, has been grossly underreported. And um, the reporting on it has been largely extremely dishonest. Um, because 
there are certain movements, and, and you can apply this to anything, whether it's MAGA, whether it's the SJWs, um, whether it is now this transgender movement, where we are expected to believe things because we are told that they are true. And no amount of arguing on the other side will persuade somebody who is a true believer that they are wrong. Um, and so I have always shied away from cults. I don't like people who deny reality. I, I get very nervous around those people. So if you are going to stand up and deny the reality that, for example, uh, women in prison are extremely vulnerable uh, to the attacks of male predators who are being locked up with them, sometimes in the same cell, um, then I don't know what kind of a conversation we can have about these matters. I, I really don't know where we go from here. Right. Uh, I'm going to share another picture because somebody brought it up in the chat. I want to talk about this uh, morbidly obese man who won a beauty pageant. Oh, yeah. Um, what the hell's going on with Twitter here? My internet. Go get Xfinity, guys. Uh, let's see here. Uh, there we go. All right. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. See see that tall drink of water there in the middle? The, mm. the morbidly obese person there? Mm -hmm. That That's a man. These are all biological women. All gorgeous, feminine, you know. This guy right here took a scholarship away from all these girls. And then he celebrated by going out and eating McDonald's on camera. Get mm -hmm. out of here. It's a mm -hmm. beauty pageant. Right. He won because of the, uh, you know, the get behind the rainbow flag brigade. That's exactly why he won, because people are too afraid to not let him win. And this is another thing that I want to point out, and this is a really good example of exactly what we were talking about before, which is when men come in, and they take the place of a woman. They take away resources that are supposed to be allocated to women. This beauty pageant, it looks like a joke, right? But it was sponsored by the Miss America uh, organization. And so there was scholarship money that was attached to this beauty pageant. And a man took a scholarship, a scholarship away from a young woman. Yep. This guy right here. This guy right here. I mean, like, he, of course he's a standout. One, taller than all the girls. Uh, two morbidly, morbidly obese since when? Mm -hmm. See, this is a this is a byproduct of the uh, the body positivity movement, the health at any size bullshit. He, this person is not healthy. They're not, and and, and it's absurd that if you're going to have a beauty pageant that is based on on superficiality, that you're going to bend the knee out of fear for being mm -hmm. canceled to give mm -hmm. it to this person. You embolden these men and that's why men are stepping into women's spaces and taking your opportunities is because the mainstream media mm -hmm. and, and and the woke left are too chicken shit to say anything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well again it's not that uh, i think that a lot of them aren't too scared well some of them are obviously they're they're intimidated and terrified of getting dogpiled on twitter which should be the least of your worries i think right um but I think that a lot of people have been genuinely brainwashed into believing that this set of beliefs is actually true. I mean, honestly, it, it reminds me of living in a theocracy, you know, where you have to live or, or living in, in a place like North Korea, where the official word is what goes. And if you step out of line, woe be unto you. And people are far, far, far too afraid of being the of being the target of a hashtag campaign on social media instead of stepping up and doing what is right. 
um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with Title IX expansion under the Obama administration, which um, took place, which really came to a head in 2015 when the Department of Education sent out a Dear Colleague letter. Again, this is something I'm going to be discussing on my channel, DC Media Girl, but um, what Title IX expansion did in 2015 was erode the rights of young men who were being accused of sexual misconduct on college campuses. Now, I, I don't know how many of you have ever been subject to an investigation in college, but they load up these panels. They're like a kangaroo court, and they load up these panels. Generally speaking, um, these students do not have the right to representation. A lot of these hearings are conducted in secret, or at least they used to be. And so if, for example, you are a young man who is accused of sexual misconduct of any kind, and it could go from groping all the way up to rape, um, these are very, very serious allegations that should probably be investigated by the police. But instead, what the college does is determine whether or not you have the right to remain on campus as a student based on uh, he said, she said accusations. And imagine what it does to a young man who is expelled from university uh, with that kind of an accusation placed on their record. Um, now, what happened afterwards was that a lot of the young men who had been subject to this new, this new uh, rule, this new set of rules, the young men started suing colleges and winning. Yep. Um, so, listen, I, as, as you guys know, I am a dyed-in-the-wool feminist. I have been all my life. But I have to say that when it comes to matters of equal protection and fairness, uh, I am... I am uh, not an agnostic. That's not the right word. But I believe in oh, equality you're, you're, and fairness and justice across the board. Your, your, your audio cut out just a little bit there. Okay, sorry. Can you it, hear it me got, now? Yeah, it's been, it's been cutting out just a little bit, but not, not bad. But it just got real bad there for a second. But you're good now. Okay, thanks. Um, oh, there it went again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, you, you take care. And I'm going to discuss something here real quick. So I believe having been falsely accused of not uh, a sexual crime, but of a violent crime by a female who eventually admitted to, uh, she said she didn't say it, she didn't admit the lying. I believe that if you're caught beyond any shadow of a doubt accusing a man of this, that you should be punished for what you accused him of. You should be punished for that amount of time. You wanted to send him away for five years? We're gonna send you away for five years. And let people take note. Let people take note. Her sound is fine for you. It might be me. Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, I I don't I don't like false accusations. I don't like being people being stitched up of any gender for something that they did not do. Um, and I do not like, especially I don't like um, the way that the internet is used to whip up mobs uh, to dogpile on someone for whom no evidence has been presented to to even remotely suggest that they were guilty but unfortunately that is the way that social media works now and it is a very 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 frightening phenomenon very mm -hmm. very frightening yeah um it took me um years to and i'm still getting used to the climate of the of social media like right now i i, I actively have seen a group of people who harass stalk docs are racist beyond racism 
out here dogpiling people over those same things and it's mm -hmm. that but those people aren't even doing that it's so wild to me to watch this delusion these hive minds form and then people act on them right right it's it is it is actually terrifying and oh i just wanted to let you guys know that next week um our podcast speaking of this is going to be dealing with the topic of an anatomy of a smear what it is like to be the victim of a smear campaign on social media and how you can maybe recover from it, uh, maybe how you can protect yourself against it and what you can do to protect yourself and to get the word out about your side of the story. And I think that this is pretty relevant and I didn't tell you this next, but I got a message from Monty and he is more than willing to appear on our podcast. So he is going to be on. Great. Let's line that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, the the matter of um, the matter of trans athletes is not going to be resolved to anyone's satisfaction. I understand that if you are a, if you are born a man and you want to transition and then you want to compete in your new form, I understand the desire for that. I understand wanting to be the best, wanting to win and all that kind of thing. But we have to take equity into account. We have to take fairness into account. Again, if somebody is born like Michael Phelps with an incredibly large wingspan, or somebody is born and grows to seven foot six and becomes an elite basketball player, those are things that, you know, those are biological advantages um, that, you know, we don't, we don't have a binary for those advantages. All right. The person who's being discriminated against, perhaps, in basketball is the person who's under six feet tall. But that's just tough. That's just the nature of the game. But when it comes to men and women competing together, absolutely not. Abs in, in strength, uh, speed, and uh, strength, speed, I can't remember the other one. But, you know, those categories, there is absolutely no comparison. Um, I don't know if anybody looked up the... Um, the differences, the time differentials uh, between Leah Thomas and the other young women swimming uh, for the UPenn team and other female swim teams. Leah Thomas beat out two Olympic medalists in the relays, two Olympic medalists. Um, so please tell me how any kind of competition of that nature can be fair. It is categorically absurd. This is the way I see it. If they're willing to spend the money to biologically assist men in competing against women, then why don't they just spend the money to create a separate category and make it fair? Right. It doesn't make any sense. We have we have a, we have a country where we don't have universal health care, but you know, suddenly, you know, we're going to help you take opportunities from women. No, create opportunities for this new community because the fact of the matter is, is if you look. People who have an issue with like you're born a man and then all of a sudden at 40 years old, you think you're a woman. There's some mental health issues there that needs to be addressed. You don't need to be put in power in the, in the current administration and then and then and then nominated woman of the year after mm -hmm. you've been a man for 50 years. It's absurd. It's mental illness. And, and, and people have no problem pointing out when there's a shooting. They have no problem pointing out mental illness, but they don't look at things like uh, the trends, this 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 radical extreme trans community attaching itself to the LGB community. And then, and then they don't, they don't, they don't make the connection that some of these violent crimes 
could very well be attached to their uh, intrusion in spaces where they don't belong because not everybody understands the semantics of it. Not everybody, everybody is is on, on social media is is like you said brainwashed into lumping everybody into one category. So mm-hmm. you have a tragedy, you have a tragedy like this uh, nightclub shooting the other night, mm-hmm. and the trans community comes out tries to blame white people, and then it comes out that that person you, is this is of the same ideology of pronouns and all that stuff. Right. So. You got. You really got to think that when you push, you keep pushing society. You keep telling people that this guy is a martyr, even though he was a criminal and burned cities to the ground and assault people and ruin their livelihood. And then you come in and take opportunities away from the other gender. Somebody's going to snap. Mm-hmm. That's right. just my opinion. I think that there is some complicity with the trans community, the, extre- the extremists of this community. Uh, I think there's some complicity with the uh, the violent events that are happening. Oh, I also wanted to point one other thing out because I had forgotten to mention it, which is that a couple of months ago, or may have been last year, I was um, I was discussing uh, Caitlyn Jenner, and I was talking about Bruce Jenner and how it was Bruce Jenner who won the gold medal in the decathlon in Montreal in 1976, and I had a flood of people come into chat getting extremely triggered and angry about me dead naming Caitlyn Jenner and misgendering Caitlyn Jenner. I want to remind everyone, it was Bruce Jenner who won that gold medal. It was not Caitlyn Jenner. And when people suggest, well, Bruce Jenner was a woman all along, no, he was not. He is not a woman now, or she is not a woman now, should I say. And Caitlyn Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner has come out to say that she does not believe that men and women should compete against one another in sports that involve speed, strength, and endurance. Um, so, you know, everybody needs to keep this stuff in perspective. This is this has gotten silly now. <laughs> it's just gotten yeah, silly. It really has. We have to keep it in perspective. If you've got, because I think, like you were saying, uh, Caitlin, also known as Bruce for 50 plus years, uh, has admitted that there is some degree of mental illness involved with this type of uh, identity crisis. Right. Mm-hmm. Have mm-hmm. they? Have, OK, so what, what's the problem? If somebody who's trans can ag- admit that, then why? Because, you know, how many times I've woken up and I've seen the straight white male dog pile on me every day for like the last two years. I just wanted to wake up and be like, ah, I'm a woman now and I'm gay. <laughs> now what you got? Well, if you came out as a gay woman, you know that you would basically be you would you you in sense would be saying that you're a straight man, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and as far as conflating um gay issues and the trans issue, that is a really really good point to the person who brought that up in chat. Um that is part of the problem. Um, which is that the trans community was brought under the LGB umbrella. And um, I've told this story about a million times for those of you who are sick and tired of hearing about it, but I'll bring it up again. Um, One of my closest friends, uh, who happens to be a gay man, told me in 2013 that he thought that the joining of the the trans community, and not the trans community as in the entire community, but the militant, uh, radical, self-ID trans community under the LGB umbrella was a huge mistake. And that those were people who were largely middle-aged men who had come to a realization midlife or thereabouts. 
and whose issues and concerns had nothing whatsoever to do with those in the gay community. Um, and that in a lot of cases, we saw that the more militant aspects of the trans community were glomming onto gay history and trying to get some kind of a foothold or advantage based on the sacrifices that so many gay people had made for so many decades. And at that time, in 2013, that was an extremely radical position to take. And I have to say, I was kind of taken aback by what he was saying. But when you look at what has happened since then, and you look at some of the rampant homophobia that exists in the trans community, the way that gay people have been spoken down to and marginalized in their own communities, the way that lesbians uh, cannot have safe spaces where you have men infiltrating lesbian dating apps and getting extremely angry when women won't have sex with them, gay women won't have sex with them. Um, you are running into a serious problem, and that is why there has been a giant split in the gay community that we see mostly in the UK at the moment. But it's coming to the United States, or it has come to the US, and it's not, uh, it's not an easy issue under any circumstances. Yeah. I, I just hope people will eventually... Um, understand that and, and this I'm, I'm not a, i'm not a member of the lgb community but let, just let me get this straight if how does trans fall under the lgb community if you're a trans woman and you sleep with men then you're just straight and you're just a woman and see this is my other contention with the trans movement why is it necessary to announce that you're trans is it the whole point of identifying as the opposite sex because you're not comfortable being what you were born as so you got to go out and tell everybody i'm trans why would you just tell people i'm a woman so that you can uh, assimilate it's like people are so adverse to assimilation that they want to create an entire uh a doctrine that caters to their delusions it's crazy well here's the problem i mean we've been talking about this for quite some time you know for months and it remains true Nobody can come up with a definition of what a woman is. It used to be very simple, an adult human female. That was the definition that was accepted for so very long. Now we've got to stand on our heads, um, phone a friend, get into all kinds of incredibly granular debates about what a woman is, whereas the definition of a man has never been in question. That is not being debated. It's the right. definition of what a woman is, and that is the other thing that is so troubling. Yeah, I because I, like you said earlier, you do not see um, you do not see trans men trying to, oh, I don't know, get in the get into an MMA fight with me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't you don't see the, you know, you don't see it. You don't have trans men taking opportunities away from men. It just doesn't happen. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And again, it doesn't happen for a reason. It doesn't happen for a reason. And now there is no distinction between what a trans individual is and let's say um, an, an individual who just enjoys cross-dressing because they think it's fun or because they get a sexual kick out of it. There is a difference between those two things. And so if you are a man and you like to put on a dress or women's underwear because of whatever you know reason you have, that does not make you a woman. I, I don't understand why we're even debating this point. It, it, yeah, I don't. I don't get it either. Um, 
Now, with Elon taking over Twitter, people are able to argue this point more because you guys wouldn't believe the amount of people who were silenced because they were fighting against the delusions. Uh, you can hate your right-wing commentators all you want, but they were the ones on the front line calling this stuff out for what it is. Um, and you could you could always tell, like, when there's a story involving this or, like, the Balenciaga uh, thing that just got blown open today, you could tell it's a big deal by who's not covering it, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. Well, now, hang on. Let's not take credit away from the godmother who was brave enough to be one of the first to step out and call bullshit on that whole thing, and that's J.K. Rowling. Oh, yes. Um, J.K. Rowling, who has been dragged to hell and back, who has been accused of God only knows how many horrible things. J.K. Rowling, who has been subject to innumerable death and rape threats uh, because she had the temerity to come out and say, men are not women. (laughs) Right. That's it. And they never will be. Mm -hmm. Uh, Gentlemen, you will never be a woman. Um, It just, you can't, you you, uh, physically can't do it. (laughs) So... And Steffi B in chat points out Jermaine Greer, you're absolutely right. I I wore out my first copy of The Female Eunuch because I read it so many times. That is correct. And Jermaine Greer is an old school feminist, um, you know, a Julie Bendel type feminist, and I absolutely adore her. Uh, but the thing about Jermaine Greer is that while Jermaine Greer is fantastic and we love her, even if we don't agree with everything that she says, Jermaine Greer is not J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling is an international celebrity, a phenomenon who created an entire universe that changed the way the children look at reading and books and imagination. Um, and so as a woman at her of her standing, J.K. Rowling never had to come out and say a word. She never had to make a peep. She could have sat in her castle and enjoyed her wonderful life and kept on writing amazing books. And for those of you who haven't read J.K. Rowling's books written for adults, her mystery novel, The Strike Series, she is an incredible, incredible author, not just for children, but also for grown-ups. And she didn't have to get involved in it in any way whatsoever, but she was brave enough to take a stand. And if it hadn't been for J.K. Rowling, I think that this conversation would probably not be taking place because those of us who are gender critical would be forced to be quiet so as not to risk the ire and the rage of social media mobs and the fear of being driven out of employment, um, having mobs come to our house and protest, and uh, generally being ostracized from society. So she's an amazing woman. She is, and I, I remember seeing people dogpile her, and I was like, dude, she's just telling the truth, and look how you're acting. And, and let me tell you something. When you believe in a cause, you threaten to murder and rape people over it, you've lost you've lost it. You've lost the battle. You've lost the war. You don't get to threaten violence against people. To, when you go in and try to get people to bend the knee by using violence, you're a fucking dictator. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. and, 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 and so, and, and the same people who do this will, te- will will be the first to call you a Nazi as well. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Well, that word, unfortunately, has been stripped completely of all meaning if this is how we're using it these days. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm glad that somebody brought up RuPaul's Drag Race in chat, by the way, because RuPaul has been 
widely criticized for not including trans individuals in the competition. And I guess that you could call me a drag purist. I mean, the whole point of drag as an art form, um, it's, it, is, it was a very subversive art form. It was men dressing like women, acting like women, um, standing up on a stage telling raunchy jokes. And it was the whole art of illusion, much the way that geishas paint their faces and turn into objects of desire. Um, and the fact that RuPaul, who was a pioneer in this field, RuPaul, who survived the AIDS epidemic, RuPaul, who lifted herself up by her bootstraps and created this phenomenon, who was now being criticized as a fucking bigot, RuPaul oh. of all people, oh my um, God. because she did not want to include um, men who had gone through hormone treatment, men who had had breast augmentations, or men who actually called themselves women. Um, and I'm very sad to see that a number of the um, the legendary queens who competed on that show then started to identify as women. You are not women. You are men dressed like women. Uh, mm -hmm. The way my friend Clive puts it, um, I love my friend Clive. For those of you who don't know Clive, his uh, YouTube channel is Clive Simpson. He is a gay of the old school. He has a fantastic podcast called The Queen's Speech with my other good friend, Dennis Cavanaugh, where they talk about these gay rights issues um, and the encroachment of the trans community agenda into uh, the LGB community. Mm -hmm. um, and the way he put it was, whatever happened to just laughing at chaps in frocks? You know, and I, I agree with that. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a mess. I hope that uh, I mean, like social contagions take a while to be cleansed. The, the, the society is really very much now. I know people don't see it. I do because I'm very involved in a lot of social media stuff and, and, and controversial conversations. But the the narrative is the narrative didn't change i we people like me we didn't change our stories myself and clara people are just starting to hear it mm -hmm. right right and i would warn everybody um having studied past social contagions and having learned only one lesson and that is that nobody learns a goddamn thing from any previous satanic panic or social contagion episode um, that we as human beings are highly susceptible to social contagion. And we also, as human beings, are basically more inclined to living a quiet life and not opposing what we see before our eyes as an injustice or something that is blatantly wrong. This happened during satanic panic. A number of people ended up going to jail unjustly uh, because they were accused of horrible crimes against children, uh, it later on came out in the West Memphis Three case where three young men went to prison. One of them went to death row with no physical evidence in a crime against children because they looked odd, because they listened to odd music, because um, one of them did, liked to wear black clothing. Um, and so we are, as human beings, we are pattern seeking. And we can be tricked into seeing patterns where they do not exist. And so we need to be very, very cautious when we just blindly accept whatever it is that society is presenting to us as fact. Um, and I wish that more people were more independent-minded and could step up and yell bullshit when it's necessary. Agreed. Um, 
my audio is going to poop because <laughs> um, I have bad internet connection on my end. So, All um, right, my love. So we're going to wind this up. Thank you, everybody. We had a great turnout today for this. And if you're listening uh, on the download, thank you so much. Um, all the information about the streaming sites where we are available are in the description box of this video and thank you my love as always i love talking to you you know that anytime absolutely same all right you guys thank you so much again for being here and we will see you next wednesday thanks guys